Hello, good Tuesday morning, and welcome to this week's episode of the X's and O's with Greg Cosell. I'm Doug Ferrar, the guy over there. The right, right, right way now is Greg Cosell. <laughs> you figured that out after a month or so. Yeah, you know, well, it takes it, with me it takes the time it takes. <laughs> so, Greg, last week we talked about five offenses that will be radically different in uh, 2023, you know, coaching, personnel, and all that. Wanted to switch to the defensive side of the ball. With defenses, it will be very different in 2023, and this is both coaching and personnel as well. I want to start with the Miami Dolphins, and you can't go <laughs> too far in talking about the NFL these days, especially defense, without people talking about the Fangio system, the Vic Fangio system, you know, all this stuff that Vic Fangio allegedly invented. Um, and, you know, that, that's no shade on Vic. Vic's a genius, but... I always find it funny that people say, and you know this because you and I have both done a lot of like historical NFL research, uh, that somebody just invented something out of the blue when everything has like eight different fathers. Oh, for sure. Well, just uh, a very quick, a very quick story about that. When I wrote the book with Jaworski, the games that changed the game. Uh, one of our games was goes went back to Sid Gilman and the 1963, I believe it was, AFC Championship game when they beat the, uh, I think it was the Patriots, and they beat them by a big score. And I was fortunate through the New England Sports Hall of Fame to get full game coaching tape footage of, of Patriots games back in the early 60s. And I'm watching, and I see a zone blitz. Yep. And and this was in, you know, 1962, 1963. And Larry you know, Eisenhower, baby. Yeah. And you know how it is. Everybody thought – that Dick LeBeau, you know, created the zone blitz. And, of course, Dick will tell you that that's not true because I spoke to him as well. But that's the way a lot of people think. So you're 100% right. You know, no one really creates something totally new that no one's ever seen. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, it was the 53 with the Raiders and the 53 with the Dolphins, and then it turned into other stuff. Then, uh, yeah, anyway, that's a whole different podcast, uh, which is, you know, check that off. Good idea. Uh, so in, in a nutshell – the Fangio system that has taken over the NFL, and what is it? Well, there's many elements, but I think just for the sake of this, because people can't see film, we're not sitting here doing a clinic. I think for the sake of this, the the Vic Fangio system really kind of starts with the idea that you, you have split safeties. Because when you have split safeties, you can do anything from that. Your safety, it can become single high. It can stay split. Your safeties can move in any number of ways, okay? Even your corners can move in any number of ways. They can line up and they can play press. They can play off. Either pretty much from a split safety starting look, you can play any coverage, you know, unlike, let's say, Seattle when they played, you know, when they were the Legion of Boom and uh, Cam Chancellor was clearly in the box and – Earl Thomas was clearly a post safety. You can't really make a big adjustment there as the ball snapped. Whereas you can do anything from a split safety look as the ball is snapped. And the safeties are a little closer to the line of scrimmage. They're not deep split safeties like one might think of in cover two. They're closer to the line of scrimmage. So you can move into, let's say, a single high look with one of the safeties being a box player. It also gives you the ability to play a coverage, which has become very common in the league, which, you know, again, the split safety look gives you this to play what we call robber coverage, where one of the safeties just sort of drops right into the middle of the field, uh, maybe about, oh, 10 to 12 yards from the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you can you can do a lot of things with that. So the look that you see before the, the whole premise, Doug, is the look you see before the snap of the ball is not 
the look you're going to get after the snap of the ball. Exactly. Um, the other thing, we talk about the light box, uh, and this is going to be very different for the Dolphins. Vic Fangio is now the Dolphins' defensive coordinator. Uh, last season, the Dolphins played 33% of their snaps in the light box, 32nd in the NFL. <laughs> they had the NFL's lowest rate of too high coverage at 21%. So the Brian Flores moving into the Josh Boyer era, that all that stuff. So we talk about defenses are going to be different. I mean, you could talk about the Jalen Ramsey trade and this and that, you know, David getting David Long, the linebacker. Um, and I think, by the way, they do have some really interesting guys in uh, Christian Wilkins. Uh, their defensive tackles can kind of mitigate those light box issues that say the Chargers have had, you know, through the Brennan Staley era. But this is about, you know, from the, from the single high to two high and the, the heavy boxes to light boxes stuff. This is as drastic a change dramatically yeah. as you will see. Yeah, I don't think any team in the league last year lined up with six, seven guys on the line of scrimmage as much as the Dolphins did. I mean, that that, that was something that was foundational to them, uh, and they would show almost, you know, it, 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 would, it would not be cataloged as zero per se because very often the, the uh, defensive backs would play, you know, 10, 12 yards off the ball. They weren't playing press man, but very often they – they had a look where there was no post safety. Um, so this will be very, very different for sure. Um, I think what you'll see, though, more of is because of the personnel they have on the back end, particularly Ramsey and Howard, I think you're going to see them play more man coverage. Now, yes. a lot of people believe because it's Vic Fangio and people think of quarters coverage, four across, cover four, which is a zone concept. People tend to think that Vic Fangio does not play a lot of man coverage. That's not really true. He does play a lot of man coverage, and it would not surprise me to see more. Um, Now, one player who got hurt last year early in the season, but I think is going to be a really intriguing player in in this defense, is the safety Brandon Jones. Because I thought Brandon Jones played really, really well last year prior to getting hurt. There's a versatility to his game. He can play in the box. He can play on the line of scrimmage. He can play in the back end. I think he's one of those safeties. We know about Javon Holland. We don't need to spend a lot of time on him. He's just a very, very good player who can pretty much do everything. But Brandon Jones is also a really multidimensional, versatile safety. Yeah, and then uh, with Ramsey, he can play that overhang role. I mean, it's my opinion at this point in Ramsey's career, he's better off in almost an off man or in, in kind of that star role than he is pressing and you know following receivers. Uh, but I think he's going to do. I don't think he's going to play the same role in Miami that he played in um, with the Rams. I just don't see that. I think he's going to be a corner. Right, um, and then Cam Smith, they got in the second round out of South Carolina. Yeah. He was my CB5. He also fits that. Yeah, uh, both both Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey had better stats in um, actually in zone than in man last year. So that'll be interesting. Uh, but Cam Smith was absolutely a man corner on tape. So it'll be kind of I'm, – I'm fascinated to see how they work that all out. Yeah, and, and they really do have a good back end because, as we said, both safeties are very good. Um, Holland can – you know, he's he plays predominantly as a post safety, but he can do pretty much everything. Um, Jones is really uh, versatile, and these corners, I think they both can play press man if you want to do that. Not that Vic's going to play press man a ton, but they can play press man. Uh, the Broncos in the three years Fangio was with them, nineteen through twenty-one, they went from thirty-two percent man to forty-two percent man, and that yeah. was 
because of one guy. <laughs> they yeah, got, well, it's funny because I got a chance to like, talk. Okay, let's go play more man because this guy's a stud. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to a coach who on that staff who was with Vic, you know, for I think all his years in Denver. And, and he told me, and he was a defensive coach, and he said that Patrick Sertan is as good a man corner as he's been around. And this guy's coached in the league for a long time. So, you know, you play to your personnel as well. Um, and, you know, in this league, as we discussed in a previous podcast, you have to be able to play man and you have to be able to press at times. Yep. And Howard and Ramsey both can do that. They're both long. They're both athletic. They're physical. They both play with a swagger. I think they enjoy playing press man. Um, and like we said, that doesn't mean they're going to play at 80 percent of the snaps. Of course, they're not. But right. they're capable of doing that. Yeah, Vic has these certain things he will almost always do, and then other things he's very flexible. He's not yep. beholden to any one certain thing. Uh, another defense, Greg, that is going to be really hugely different in 2023 is the Minnesota Vikings. I was reading, <laughs> I was reading the transcript. Just a little bit. Just a little just bit. Just a little bit. Oh, my God. I was reading the transcript of Brian Flores' introductory press conference. I think he mentioned the word aggressive 15 times. I'm not exaggerating. And if you watched – Flores and it's, it's funny we go from the Dolphins to the because this is this is you know the the sort of more passive stuff that Ed Donatel had them doing last year to a lot of people's frustration um and now they come in and this is all this is four on the floor baby this is zero blitz this is all kinds of fronts this is single high whack you across the middle um, it, it's a so yeah Minnesota sent uh six or more pass rushers last year because um, I don't count five as blitz because there are so many five-man fronts, so I'm kind of up right. to six. Uh, sent six or more pass rushers under Ed Donatella, third fewest passing attempts ahead of only the Rams and Jets. Only the Seahawks played fewer cover zero snaps than did the Vikings last season. You can flip all of that around. Um, as far as, you know, Flores was also saying with the zero blitz thing, and I remember, I'm sure you remember that uh, the game that uh, Jared Goff, when he was still with the Rams, had against the Dolphins, would be just zero blitz in the whole time, and he could not figure it out because it was coming from everywhere. And zero blitz doesn't mean, okay, we have no safeties and we're not doing anything but just going after the quarterback. Flores throws a lot of different looks in it, and he, he said um, that zero presents problems when you disguise it from other things. And I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, and, and you know, I think the thing there, it's almost what I said about what Miami used to do because they, they kept basically the Flores approach, even with Boyer last year, and they would put six, seven, even at times eight on the line of scrimmage, first-level defenders, and it, it, it was – it had a zero look, but it's not zero in a strict, strict sense. But that's what it presents itself to the, the offense. And I remember the game from two years ago that you're speaking about against Jared Goff. I believe Christian Wilkins might have had an interception in that game. Yes, he uh, did. But, um, you know, I think this defense will look totally different. Uh, he'll play with pressure. Obviously, um, they just made a trade. They got rid of Zadarius Smith. Um, so, you know, when you look at who they have to rush the quarterback, they have Hunter, who can rush the quarterback individually. But beyond that, they we're not sure who's a just a pure pass rusher. So he's going to have to scheme pressure, which is yeah, totally I mean, they got fine. Fort, they got Dean Lowry, but neither. I mean, they're, they're good right. players. But they're not alpha dogs. They're not going to get 50. Yeah, I mean, I would say Davenport is probably similar in some ways to Emmanuel Ogba, who he had yep. in Miami. Yep. Not a pure pass rusher, but a good player. Um, you know, so but the point we're trying to make here is you're going to see schemed pressure, which you did not see much at all with Ed Donatel. 
and nor did you see a whole lot of of versatility with on the back end and what they oh, played. This it was, was that, what's the, more bland than vanilla. It was like, yeah, wow. I mean, they did not play a lot of different coverage concepts. They played a ton of two shell. Um, and I don't want to, I hate to use the word soft because I'm sure a Donatel would never think that, Oh, we no. played soft, but they played it. They didn't do a lot of different things. My no. guess is opposing offenses probably felt like they were not that difficult to scheme against. Um, right. So now they've got some questions, though, in terms of personnel on defense. They, you know, at corner, um, you know, right now they're going to be playing with unproven corners. So it'll be interesting to see how Brian Flores feels about playing with a lot of pressure, which he likes to do. Obviously, he's an aggressive guy by nature when your your corners are unproven, because I, I think as we would look right now, you'd probably say Booth and Evans would be the starting corners if they had to play a game today. You know, Booth got hurt last year, didn't play. He was a second-round pick out of Clemson. And Evans um, came out of Missouri, and he did play meaningful snaps a year ago as a fourth-round pick. Um, they drafted a kid I really, really liked out of USC, Makai Blackman, yes. later in the third round. I think he can play in this league. But right now, all their corners are unproven. So they're going to be a fascinating defense to watch to see how – Flores will tell you early on how he feels about his corners, Doug. Yep. Well, they got Byron Murphy from the Cardinals, and yeah, he's he's best in the slot. If you get the, if you get the good Byron Murphy, or the you know, it's kind of like oh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but, but he's, that, he, he's a even though he played outside in Arizona because they had no corners, uh, yep. he's really a slot corner. And this is a different situation. Vic Fangio kind of rolled into a defense that had all the pieces he wants and needs not like Vic needs, you know, awesome personnel to succeed. He's a brilliant guy, but this is a little more, I, I would say the garage is a little emptier. in Minnesota. I would agree. That'll be interesting. Even a linebacker, they're going to play Asamoah, who was a third round pick out of Oklahoma a few, uh, two years ago, who, uh, you know, he's kind of a run and hit guy. He's yep. more of an athlete than a big physical guy, but that's okay. But, you know, they're going to be playing some guys that, you know, don't really have a lot of experience. And he and no matter what happens through OTAs and training camp, until you get to the games, you just don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be – I think Flores is going to go – well, we'll see. Uh, it, it, knowing his his coaching personality, I would say he's going to go all out with the pressure and just, you know, full Buddy Ryan and just hope it works out in the back end. Yeah, <laughs> and, and sometimes, you know, you, you think – I mean, Aaron Glenn thought that way with Detroit last year – until, yeah. you know, the first four, five, six weeks with all the pressure that he was using. And they were high percentage blitz and high percentage cover one, and they were getting burned. And then he had to, you know, scale it back a little yeah. bit because you just can't give up explosive plays in this league. And that's why they redid their entire secondary in the offseason, the Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> because I think that's the way he wants to play, yeah. but you just can't give up those kinds of plays. Right, and now he can do that with the personnel he has. Uh, so that may be a one or a two-year thing, maybe for the Vikings. We'll see. Uh, the next team, Greg, is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, last season, the Browns had a pass rush that consisted of Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett. Uh, per, 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 pro, pro Football Focus, Garrett was responsible for 18 of the team's 37 sacks, eight of the team's 23 quarterback hits, and 47 of the team's 118 quarterback hurries. Not the ratio you want. So they get Jim Schwartz in, um, longtime defensive coordinator, head coach, uh, yeah. really interesting guy with his fronts and all that. And then they added Zadarius Smith, 
Dalvin Tomlinson, two guys who, by the way, I did a piece on Cleveland's defense yesterday, on Monday, and Smith and Tomlinson were really interesting in how they would sort of arc out from the inside to get to the quarterback. So you get two ex-Vikings. Uh, they get uh, Okoronkwo from the Texans, who's a really underrated edge guy, and they get Siaki Ika in the draft. Uh, so that front, I mean, we can talk about the linebackers and the, you know, I, I think that was more established to me. It's the combination of what Jim Schwartz does with his, uh, with his lines. It's not a lot of blitz. There's not a lot of variance there. It's wide nine and, you know, sort of what it is, but that all that personnel, I mean, it, that to me, um, the more I was watching tape on all these guys, I mean, Siaki Ika has some bad tape, especially last year, but. No, he's you know, not a pass rusher anyway. Right. But. Uh, just as far as redefining this defensive line, I think it's kind of an undertold story that the Browns went all out here. Well, Darius Smith is a really good edge pass rusher. Yes. And so he'll play opposite Garrett because Jadavion Van Clowney is not a good edge pass rusher nope. and he never has been. And that's why he's going to be with his fifth or sixth team. before well, the the thing about Smith, though, And this is where Okoronkwo comes in is that you can bring Smith. I, he had a game against, I think it was the Lions. When he was at the Packers, he had three and a half sacks, and I think two and a half were from the inside. So he's one of those. Yeah, the other, the other guy, they drafted a kid from Missouri in the fourth round, Isaiah McGuire, and yes. I think he fits this as well. Um, he looks the part. He's 6'4", 272, long arms. I mean, he fits the – you know, he, he ate up uh, the Georgia left tackle who uh, the Steelers took in the first round. He just Got ate him job. up. Yeah. Um, so – you know, that that he could play meaningful snaps as well. I think the other player who's really interesting along their defensive front on the inside is Perrion Winfrey because mm-hmm. he, he came out of Oklahoma last year as a fourth-round pick, dog, and he's actually an athletic kid. Um, I'm curious to see because, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson is not going to play in their sub fronts, not on third down. I, Dalvin Tomlinson's a very good player for what he is, as you well know, but he's not going to play in their sub fronts on third down. Yeah, Greg, I agree on Tomlinson. Uh, they're going to roost people around. Just in general, uh, you're a Philly guy. You've known Jim Schwartz yep. for a long time. Uh, what is his overall defensive philosophy? Because I know the fronts are – it's wide nine. It's not yep. a lot of variance. There's not a lot of blitz. He doesn't really do that. So what is the overall game plan? Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately – the way he wants to play. And I think that's the reason Zadarius Smith is there because he wants to be able to rush the quarterback with four and then do some things on the back end. Um, You know, in Philly, he did a lot of things, a lot of sort of disguised coverage looks, um, you know, where it it almost would be, uh, it would look like cover two, but it could be cover three. You know, he tries to, he tries to cheat the gray areas in zone coverage so mm-hmm. that the quarterback doesn't get a clean look. And the offensive coordinator, as he calls plays to attack specific zone concepts, doesn't get that clean sense of, oh, okay, we're going to call some routes that can attack cover three, but it really becomes cover two, and maybe right. those routes aren't there. You know, or, or let's attack cover three, but it's not really cover three. So ultimately what he likes to do is rush for and do some things on the back end to just, you know, add a beat or two to the quarterback's uh, deciphering thought process as he drops back. Yep. Uh, moving to the Atlanta Falcons and new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, who was the defensive line coach for the Saints. Uh, I would say expect a lot of two more things, varied fronts, man coverage, and hopefully more pass rush because they had none of it last year. Yeah. Uh, the, Fal- the Falcons played man last season, tw- uh, 22% of their snaps, which ranked 27th in the, in the NFL. The Saints played man coverage on 40% of their snaps, which ranked second. 
Uh, and the Saints were big on two-man. They played the most of that in the league. Yeah. Now, we don't automatically assume that Nielsen would bring everything over from New Orleans, but – and and you – you have a great story about talking to other um, coaches about yeah. defense. You would assume Nielsen is going to bring as much of this over as he possibly can. Well, you know, the, the one thing, one of the things I've, I've just, I've done over the years is when I talk to um, let's say offensive coaches who game plan, I always ask them who are the toughest defensive coaches, coordinators to play against. And, and Dennis Allen's name always comes up. Yeah. So there's no question. Ryan Nielsen, who's a younger coach, this is his background right now. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't have his own ideas, but he, this is his background right now. So you would expect to see a lot of those same principles. Now, keep in mind, Dean Pease was just there. And Dean Pease did, you know, he's a guy that was very, very multiple in how he approached defense and, and pressures and coverage. So it's not as if they didn't do a lot of different things. But uh, you mentioned the two-man. I'll be very curious to see if they do a lot of that. Now, obviously, to do that, you need a pass rush because if you're going to play two-man coverage, that's seven people in coverage. It's the five man-to-man defenders, and it's the two deep safeties. So you need to be able to get to the quarterback or impact the quarterback. Let's put it that way. It's not a matter of sacking him, but it's impacting the quarterback with four and doing that within three seconds. So well, they went a lot. They got David Onyemata. They got Clayus Campbell. They got Bud Dupree. They got Caden Ellis, the linebacker, who can kind of play two, like you know, two levels. So they they certainly, and actually, it's interesting. The Falcons blitzed more last year than the Saints did. Falcons they did. Fifteen percent of the time, Saints did at fifteen. So I wouldn't expect blitz so much. No, um, you know, I think you know they also drafted Zach Harrison from Ohio State, who's who looks better than his play. He really looks the part of an edge pass rusher, but really was not that guy. But, you know, again, maybe with coaching, maybe with technique work, he can develop into that because this guy's long, athletic. He's got something like 35, 36-inch arms, really looks the part. But he was not a very good pass rusher in college. But, the, you know, the whole premise here now, they have Jesse Bates, uh, who's a really smart safety, knows yes. how to play. Um, Richie Grant, I think, is a solid player. He was, um, you know, he'll be a, a third-year player. Um, obviously they, they have Okuda now on a trade, you know, Okuda was the third pick in the draft just for whatever reason, did not play man coverage very well in Detroit. You know, I'm, I'm sure the hope is he can do that much, much better now in Atlanta change of scenery. Uh, AJ Terrell's a really quality corner. He can line up and play man. They used very him at times last yeah, year. Down your, yeah. Down your last year, but he's comfortable in man coverage. Also, they got Mike Hughes who yeah. was, a bunch of man coverage. He was at the Lions last year, so he's kind of done that. Yeah, and, and the other thing is Hughes has played both outside and in the slot. They also drafted Clark Phillips from Utah, who I love the player. He played outside at Utah, but he just doesn't have the length uh, to play outside in the league, and he could he, he could end up being their slot corner. I think he's a really good prospect. I want to finish with, and this could be more personnel than scheme, because when you the Houston Texans with D'Amico Ryans as the head coach, and yeah. It, It'll have his principles. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of quarters and cover six, but the Texans were heavy four two five last year, which is which D'Amico will bring over. They were heavy zone last year, which D'Amico will bring over most likely. Um, with with D'Amico, it's it. The more I watch the Niners' defense and it, during the season and the off season, it's more about the subtleties than it is any huge thing where you go, "Oh my God, they always do this." Yeah, the, the Niners were very big last year where D'Amico came from 
when they got into third down on playing with loaded fronts, meaning they would line up three defensive linemen to one side of the offensive center, and then they'd have a wide nine player opposite the loaded front, and they had Fred Warner, who's, in my view, the best linebacker in the league. He'd kind of be the wild card in this. He could line up on the ball as a stand-up three technique. He could, you know, move in, move out. He could be part of a five-man pressure. He could be he could back off and play in coverage. Now, obviously, they do not have Fred Warner. Um, no one does. Um, we'll see if Christian Harris can kind of fill that role for D'Amico Harris. Talented kid going into his second year out of Alabama. Um, could turn out to be a really nice player. Um, but, you know, we'll see from a pass rush standpoint. Obviously, Will Anderson will step right in and start right away. Um, beyond that, you know, I thought – I think he was hurt a good part of last year, but I thought Jonathan Grenard, when he's played, has shown that he can rush the quarterback and he can play inside, outside. He he could end up being their version with D'Amico of Arden Key when he was there two years ago in San Francisco and Charles Amenahu, who, who filled that role last year, a yeah. guy who plays both D-end and D-tackle. I think Grenard could, could fill that role very nicely. And the secondary is interesting. They got Stigley. I think they brought Jimmy Ward over. Uh, they they have, did bring uh, Jimmy Ward over, who's a very good player. Jalen Petrie, who I love, and Tavier Thomas, who's been on my all underrated teams for the last two years. So the secondary is pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, obviously Stingley needs to play, but he's got great traits, um, really good corner. He can play, I think, any coverage. He can play man. He can play zone. Um, it's the, the other corner that, you know, you're a little concerned about right now. They still have Steven Nelson. Um you know, I think you want to be better than Steven Nelson on, you know, just being honest from tape study. Um, but right now they don't have another guy, although they just signed Shaq Griffin. We'll see if um, who's been good in this league at times. Uh, yeah. We'll see if D'Amico Ryans can get something out of him, because if, if you can get Shaq Griffin at his best, he's a better player than Steven Nelson. I watched Shaq a lot when he was in Seattle and the sort of thumbnail report I have on him is he's really good through the first 90% of the route, but there's something about his, his aggressiveness in closing that was never really there. Like, right. I want you to close. I want that last 10%. And, and, you know, if anyone's going to get it out of him, it's going to be D'Amico Ryan's. That's for sure. Uh, one thing before we, uh, we uh, butt out of here for this week, Greg, uh, we talked, we were talking yesterday about the Buffalo bills and I was looking at their blitz numbers now that Sean McDermott is in charge of the defense and Leslie Frazier is not. Bills blitzed last year 23% of the time in the regular season. They dropped it to 14% of the time in their two postseason games. I don't think that's what the defense is going to look like this year. No, Mike, you know, again, we're not there, so we don't know the conversations that are had behind closed doors. But keep in mind, Sean McDermott cut his teeth in this league as an assistant under Jim Johnson with the Eagles, who was one of the best blitz defensive coordinators in the NFL. And my sense is that Sean McDermott will increase that blitz frequency. Um, You know, once they lost Von Miller and he's back, but he's an older player, we don't know exactly what he'll be, uh, just the nature of the injury and just the age and the wear and tear. And they could not rush the quarterback particularly well with their down four a year ago once Von Miller went out. They didn't have that player who could make that impact play like the sack you know, he made on uh, Patrick Mahomes, for instance, early in the season that helped win that game. Um, you know, and I think even with the with who they've drafted, I think there's going to be just a slight change in the overall worldview of how they want to play. They drafted Dorian Williams in the third round, and I really liked his tape coming out of Tulane. They don't have that big linebacker now opposite Milano, and I think that was intentional. That's that's 
what they've chosen to do. So I think this defense is going to look different. Um, I think there'll be more pressure. It'll be situational. Obviously, they're not going to be, you know, we're not talking about 50% blitz, but I absolutely think there'll be more pressure for sure. I wrote an entire article about Jim Johnson's plan against Michael Vick in the 2004 NFC championship game when, when Jim passed away. And I was like, it, that, that whole thing should be in the hall of fame because he, he like, he like spied areas and didn't barely blitz at all. And, and Vic was like, what, 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 and everyone does this and he's doing that. So yeah, Jim Johnson, uh, always a good name to mention is one of the smarter defensive minds. Around. Oh yeah. He was phenomenal. Yep. Well, Greg, great stuff as always. Uh, thank you for bringing your mind to the conversation as usual. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it.